everyone, and welcome back to the Ambassador Podcast in this series of the Bible Breakdown. If you listened to last week's, then you know that we went over 1 Peter, and naturally this week we are going to be going over 2 Peter. 2 Peter begins with the author, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, as well as the audience, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So there are many debates that Peter even wrote this letter because of other authors taking his name and assigning it to their work because of the authority that Peter did have at that time. However, many early church leaders do claim this letter as being written by Peter and within 2 Peter, the author claims to have known Paul, which we know that Peter knew Paul in his travels. The audience is known to be Jews because of the Old Testament references and Proverbs scriptures that Second Peter uses or alludes to, and they are said to have been the same audience as First Peter because Peter mentions the previous letter in Second Peter 3, 1. And they are also known to have been in Asia Minor. Peter most likely wrote this letter before his death while he was in Rome. So a lot of scholars put this letter between 65 and 68 AD. And it is also known to have been written before Jude. During this time, there was a lot of division within the church because of false prophets, false teachers, who were spreading a lot of deceitful lies and were causing a lot of issues and confusion. This prompted Peter to write a second letter to Asia Minor even after the first to give them a final reminder of the salvation of Jesus Christ and to warn false prophets, false teachers, and people falling away from the faith of the coming judgment. He wrote this letter to encourage them to grow in grace and knowledge and to not be swept away with deceitfulness and to prompt them to hold fast to the Lord and give him the glory forever. So let's begin going through the letter and starting in the first chapter, talking about what he was trying to say to the church. Within the first chapter of Second Peter, Peter is affirming what the church should already know. He is affirming the divine power that has been granted to the church um, to live a life of godliness, excellence, and he goes on to encourage them to have faith, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. And in doing so, increasing knowledge of the Lord. He said that whoever lacked the qualities um, was blind, having forgotten that they were cleansed. So he wants to diligently confirm the calling and election that he had previously preached to them. He intended to remind them of and establish them in the truth and he again affirms their previous knowledge of putting off 
themselves and he wants to make it perfectly clear um, their salvation and to dissuade them from devised myths. Um, so he does this one way by sharing a actual eyewitness account of him with Jesus and him hearing the father's voice. He says that we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. So Peter is affirming what he has told them already and he's also sending up more authority for himself because he heard God himself. In the second chapter of Second Peter, Peter begins talking about false prophets and teachers. He shows the audience that in Israel there are many false prophets as the audience would know and be able to reference. He shows them that it will be no different. There will be false teachers who will try to disillude them and blaspheme the way of truth. He shows their destruction and their punishment. He shows different illusions with um, God punishing angels who sinned against him. And, you know, he talks about the flood with Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot. Um, he describes these false teachers those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious one. And he shows that they become like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant. I think this is a warning among the church if there are any false teachers. And it also is a hope for people who may have faced these false teachers and are having trouble and arguments and debates with them. He talks about how they are waterless springs and they promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. In chapter 3, Peter begins talking about the day of the Lord. And he reminds the church of the old prophets, the holy prophets, and the commandment of the Lord that they can trust and to dissuade sinful desires. Um, there were a lot of people at this, this time saying, where is the promise of his coming? Forever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of the creation. He shows that the people saying this deliberately overlooked the fact that God created the earth and formed it and so I think Peter's really showing like scoffers and prophets that as they don't expect the day of the Lord neither did the people during Noah's time expect the earth to be flooded um, he shows that the day of the Lord will come with destruction of the ungodly but he also confronts um, the fact that for the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, 
and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So during this time, and even today, there are a lot of people who will debate when the Lord is coming. There are people who say he'll come tomorrow, let me quit my job, let me do nothing. Um, and there are other people who say he's not coming for years, he's not coming in my lifetime, blah, 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 I can do whatever I want. Or they're just not worried about their Savior coming at all. When none of the apostles say that is right, all of the apostles point out a hastening and waiting for the Lord. Um, and being prepared for when Christ comes back, looking out. And of course, no one knows the day of the Lord. But you should be doing everything you can every day to be prepared for when he's coming back. He shows that the Lord wants everyone to have salvation, to reach repentance, but he will come very fast, more fast than people probably think. Um, he then shows them the hope in the day of the Lord. A lot of previous things is the judgment and the destruction. and But he shows them that living holiness and godliness and waiting for the Lord um, will lead to new heavenly bodies melting away um, and the promise that God has given us for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. He then concludes his letter with telling them to be diligent, to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. And then he talks about Paul, of course, his letters and his wisdom. I think he brings up Paul because of many false teachers there are, the churches obviously the churches know about Paul, but I think Peter's really referencing him to kind of say, go read Paul's letters or like, listen to Paul. That's a good, he's like bringing in an example of a true teacher and apostle of Christ. And he ends this letter with, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you do not get carried away with the error of lawless people. And lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. And that was Second Peter. If you have any questions, make sure to DM me on our Instagram. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Make sure to be reading your Bible every day and getting that good word of God. I hope this encouraged you. I hope you learned something and I hope you can relate this to your everyday life today. I do think that we have a lot of false teachers, false prophets more today than I've ever seen. And I do believe that to look for the truth, we must look in the word of God to look for uh, teachers that are not going to lie to you. You can look into the word of God. Um, so that is all for this week. 
thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to the Ambassador Podcast in this series of the Bible Breakdown. If you listened to last week's, then you know that we went over 1 Peter, and naturally this week we are going to be going over 2 Peter. 2 Peter begins with the author, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, as well as the audience, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, So there are many debates that Peter even wrote this letter because of other authors taking his name and assigning it to their work because of the authority that Peter did have at that time. However, many early church leaders do claim this letter as being written by Peter and within 2 Peter, the author claims to have known Paul, which we know that Peter knew Paul in his travels. The audience is known to be Jews because of the Old Testament references and Proverbs scriptures that 2 Peter uses or alludes to, and they are said to have been the same audience as 1 Peter because Peter mentions the previous letter in 2 Peter 3, 1. And they are also known to have been in Asia Minor. Peter most likely wrote this letter before his death while he was in Rome. So a lot of scholars put this letter between 65 and 68 AD. And it is also known to have been written before Jude. During this time, there was a lot of division within the church because of false prophets, false teachers, who were spreading a lot of deceitful lies and were causing a lot of issues and confusion. This prompted Peter to write a second letter to Asia Minor even after the first to give them a final reminder of the salvation of Jesus Christ and to warn false prophets, false teachers, and people falling away from the faith of the coming judgment. He wrote this letter to encourage them to grow in grace and knowledge and to not be swept away with deceitfulness and to prompt them to hold fast to the Lord and give him the glory forever. So let's begin going through the letter and starting in the first chapter, talking about what he was trying to say to the church. Within the first chapter of Second Peter, Peter is affirming what the church should already know. He is affirming the divine power that has been granted to the church um, to live a life of godliness, excellence, and he goes on to encourage them to have faith, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. And in doing so, increasing knowledge of the Lord. He said that whoever lacked the qualities um, was blind, having forgotten that they were cleansed. So he wants to diligently confirm the calling and election 
that he had previously preached to them. He intended to remind them of and establish them in the truth. And he, again, affirms their previous knowledge of putting off themselves and he wants to make it perfectly clear um, their salvation and to dissuade them from devised myths. Um, so he does this one way by sharing a actual eyewitness account of him with Jesus and him hearing the father's voice. He says that we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. So Peter is affirming what he has told them already, and he's also sending up more authority for himself because he heard God himself in the second chapter of second peter peter begins talking about false prophets and teachers he shows the audience that in israel there are many false prophets as the audience would know and be able to reference he shows them that it will be no different there will be false teachers who will try to disillude them and blaspheme the way of truth he shows their destruction and their punishment. He shows different illusions with um, God punishing angels who sinned against him. And, you know, he talks about the flood with Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot. Um, he describes these false teachers those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious one. And he shows that they become like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant. I think this is a warning among the church if there are any false teachers. And it also is a hope for people who may have faced these false teachers and are having trouble and arguments and debates with them. He talks about how they are waterless springs and they promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. In chapter 3, Peter begins talking about the day of the Lord. And he reminds the church of the old prophets, the holy prophets, and the commandment of the Lord that they can trust and to dissuade sinful desires. Um, there were a lot of people at this, this time saying, where is the promise of his coming? Forever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of the creation. He shows that the people saying this deliberately overlooked the fact that God created the earth and formed it and so i think peter's really showing like scoffers and prophets that as they don't expect the day of the lord neither did the people during noah's time expect the earth to be flooded um he shows that the day of the lord will come with destruction of the ungodly but he also confronts um the fact that 
for the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So during this time, and even today, there are a lot of people who will debate when the Lord is coming. There are people who say he'll come tomorrow, let me quit my job, let me do nothing. Um, and there are other people who say he's not coming for years, he's not coming in my lifetime, blah, 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 I can do whatever I want. Or they're just not worried about their Savior coming at all. When none of the apostles say that is right, all of the apostles point out a hastening and waiting for the Lord um, and being prepared for when Christ comes back, looking out. And of course, no one knows the day of the Lord, but you should be doing everything you can every day to be prepared for when he's coming back. He shows that the Lord wants everyone to have salvation, to reach repentance, but he will come very fast, more fast than people probably think. Um, he then shows them the hope in the day of the Lord. A lot of previous things is the judgment and the destruction, and but he shows them that living holiness and godliness and waiting for the Lord um, will lead to new heavenly bodies melting away um, and the promise that God has given us for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. He then concludes his letter with telling them to be diligent, to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. And then he talks about Paul, of course, his letters and his wisdom. I think he brings up Paul because as many false teachers there are, the churches obviously the churches know about Paul, but I think Peter's really referencing him to kind of say, go read Paul's letters or like, listen to Paul. That's a good, he's like bringing in an example of a true teacher and apostle of Christ. And he ends this letter with, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you do not get carried away with the error of lawless people. And lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. And that was Second Peter. If you have any questions, make sure to DM me on our Instagram. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Make sure to be reading your Bible every day and getting that good word of God. I hope this encouraged you. I hope you learned something and I hope you can relate this to your everyday life today. I do think that we have a lot of false teachers, false prophets more today than I've ever seen. And 
I do believe that to look for the truth, we must look in the word of God. To look for uh, teachers that are not going to lie to you, you can look into the word of God. Um, so that is all for this week. Thank you so much for listening.